Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Are you ready for the Word of God? We're gonna listen to the Word of God together. I would like to come back to the teaching in the series called Divine Protection again, and we would like to talk about God keeps us perfectly saved. Let us pray, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, that we can come to you by faith, and we can hear the word, and the word will set us free. The truth. Shall really go into our heart by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that we can be the doer of the word and we can experience your promises and your word, Lord. And we want to, Lord, do our part in walking with you and following you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. In Psalm chapter four, verse eight, the Bible say, "I will both lie down in peace." And sleep, for you, O Lord, alone, make me dwell in safety. In another version, the today English version, Psalm 4:8 say, "When I lie down, I go to sleep in peace. You alone, O Lord, keep me perfectly safe." I keep reading all this scripture as a teacher. Of the church and of the body of Christ, because God showed me something that it takes repetitive teaching and hearing to build faith until God's people really get it and they begin to practice. I noticed that when I taught about rejoice always, we talk about joy, faith, and joy, but so many people have not practiced joy yet. They still complain and have a long face, and they're so sad. And when I notice that God talked to me, this is why you keep saying the same thing again and again until people really get it and put into practice what they learn. Let us say out loud together: "You alone, O Lord, keep me perfectly safe." When you look at the news. Online or in the internet, you should say this sentence too, because there are many bad news out there right now, not only in other countries but in America as well. Do you know that Christianities work through the Great Confession? I want to emphasize one more time: Christianity is about the Great Confession. How were you born again? You believe the good news. You repent of your sin. You believe in the good news in your heart and say it with your mouth. You are not saying the promises of God or the word of God just to waste your time and to fill the air with voice. You are releasing your faith. We have faith, and we release our faith by speaking the word of God. Second Corinthians chapter four verse thirteen, 
And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak. I want you to practice this on a regular basis. You believe something and you speak. When I heard about somebody get sick, I don't want to talk about sickness. I just say you are healed by the stripe of Jesus Christ. I speak the word of faith. When you believe something strongly enough, it will flow out from your mouth. Let us say again: You alone, O oh Lord, keep me perfectly safe. Second Timothy chapter three verse one. But notice that in the last days, perilous or dangerous times will come. All of us are living in the last days. We get closer to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ than anyone else up to this point. We are closer to the coming of Jesus than Paul, than Peter, than Timothy, than our grandfather. We are living in perilous times, but we get used to all these problems. We have become desensitized to all this bad news. Every day we hear the news: somebody died, somebody got hurt, somebody got robbed, somebody got shot. There were murders and destructions and rapes and natural calamity. You hear all this news naturally, around the world, or internationally and locally. We are living in a dangerous world. A few days ago, when I heard that there was some protest in downtown and also downtown Bellevue, and heard about the looters, wow! Definitely, the devil talked to me that oh, these looters can come to your house too. You see. This is a dangerous world. People are dying all around us. People tend to try to live in their fantasy world. They try to ignore all these things. They just have their routine of life, and they think that it will continue forever. What you did this week is coming to an end very soon. You may live 100 plus years. What you do will come. And it will go. People come into the world, and people go. If you and I could back off from this planet Earth to where the moon is and see in the realm of the spirit, what we would see would be an eye opening. We would see all the arrivals and departures. I'm not talking about airplane. Hundred thousand of people are coming into the planet. And hundred thousand of people are leaving the planet weekly. What is the arrivals, the birth of people, and what is the departure, the result of the death? It won't be too long when you and I will leave this planet Earth as well. We are going to be out of here if we are believers and we are saved. Our departure will be. A good thing. The day of our death will be better than the day of our birth. If we are born again, believers, we will rejoice because we're gonna go to heaven and we're gonna live this 
lost and dying world. But the bad news is, if you are not a believer, you don't want to leave this world because there is a bad place where unbelievers go to. People are dying constantly. A lot of them die prematurely because bad things happen. We are living in a very dangerous world. A lot of people die beforehand. We don't have any scripture in the Bible that say the world is a safe place. We are told that it's going to get worse, and you can see already now. <laughs> I can't believe that I have to face this pandemic and the lockdown in my generation. I heard about the old time, but now we are living in this world that's full of virus and bad. Situation and racism and discrimination and unfair treatments. The world is not gonna get safer, even though there are a lot of dangers and bad things around us. The question is, can God keep you and me safe in the midst of the dangerous, germ-filled, virus-filled, demon-filled, bacteria-filled, toxic air-filled, crazy people-filled, curse-filled? Perilous earth. Can he keep you and me perfectly and completely safe all the time from now until we live our whole life out? Is it his will that we will live to the day that our job is done for him? Yes, a lot of people have departed from this truth. They don't believe in divine protection. They say, you just never know. It could be your time to die. A car could hit you at the age of 33. You may fall off a tree at the age of 18. It could be your time when somebody pull a gun out on the street and shoot you at the age of 44. Oh, that is the comment of those people who don't know the Bible. We believe in divine protection. We believe that it is not God's will for any of us to die prematurely from a disease, from an accident, or any kind of destruction. So many events that people call accidents are not really accidents; they are setups. The devil has set up a drunk driver to cause an accident at the moment you are coming through an intersection. You are there at the wrong. Place at the wrong time for you, but exactly at the right time of the setup for a wrong plan of the devil to happen. But thank God, we have the Almighty God in us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We have God the Father who take care of us. He is wiser and smarter than our enemy, the devil. By far, there is no comparison between the power of God. And the power of the devil. We should not be ignorant of the devices of the devil. We are told in the Bible not to give him any place in our life. We say, "Devil, get out of here! I will give my whole life to only Jesus." The devil, you get out of here! I'm not going to sin. I'm not going to do any bad things. Say any bad things. I'm going to give my life only to Jesus. No place for the devil in my life. Because he comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. 
He's waiting for an opportunity to kill us and destroy us. As years go by, the devil still keeps looking and waiting for an opportunity to get us and to kill us. However, as he tries to make a trap, set up something, we keep getting older and serving the Lord, and we are kept by the Lord. And the next thing we know is that we have run our whole race and finished our whole course with joy. And at the right time, we are out of fear to meet Jesus and see our mansion in heaven and receive all the rewards because we live our life for His kingdom. We all don't live here on earth forever. We're going to die one day, but we have to die at the time that our job is done. We are not dying prematurely because we are under divine protection. Your body is not you. It is just a house you live in. It is like a covering for a sword or like a holster for a gun. It is like a glove for a hand. It is a, con- uh, it is a container that something can fit in perfectly. Your body is like a house in which your spirit fits in perfectly. Your body is a reflection of you. And who is you? You is a spirit. When you call Pastor Lao, you don't call my body. You call my spirit. Your body does not have any life apart from your spirit. Your body is an expression of your spirit. Some people think in the spirit. I am a different person. In my spirit, I'm so amazing. I'm so mighty. And my spirit is different from what you see in the flesh. No, it's not true. Your spirit is you, and your spirit expresses itself through your body. You are not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you, and He helps you, but you are not the Holy Spirit. Your spirit expresses yourself through your eyes. Through your voice and to your facial expression, when I have faith in my spirit, I smile. I'm happy. When I have mercy, full heart in my spirit, you can see from my eyes how I care. Your body just something people can see in the physical realm to express our spirit. Therefore, when I look at people, I can tell how their spirit is by just looking the outward appearance. We can hear people say, but actually, you are a spirit that say that things out of your mouth. You can express your feeling, the feeling of your spirit, out through your body. You live in a body, but thank God, if you are a born again Christian, one day you or your spirit will slip out of this body, and you will be with the Lord Jesus for eternity. You are supposed to run your entire race. You do what God called you to do to build a kingdom. If you're the businessman, you own a restaurant. You own a restaurant for the kingdom of God, not for yourself. And I pray that you will not leave this world early, because the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. We need everybody we have. In the body of Christ, to do everything they are called to do. 
for whatever reason, if somebody check out too soon and go home too early, the rest of the body or the church has to do their work, and your work as well if you leave early. Therefore, please let us have faith and believe that God is going to heal us, and we will not die too soon. God is going to protect us from virus, from bacteria, from sickness and disease, and we are going to run our whole race. You should set the goal in your life from today on. After you listen to this sermon, that you're gonna finish your job and your entire course, and you're gonna get into the finish line. You will not die prematurely. And it is the will of God for all of us to be protected and to live a long life and to finish our course. We need to understand that. The protection is not all up to God. Let me repeat one more time: God's protection is not all up to God. Millions of believers have different level of faith and their understanding of God's truth. Many believers think that divine protection is entirely up to God. It is very obvious that we have our responsibility when we do our part. God is faithful to do His part. In our faith walk, every subject—healing, finances, prosperity, protection, ministry, family, raising children—any subject in our life as we walk with God, we always must do our part, and God will do His part. If we don't do our part, we will miss out on something. Psalm 91 is the great psalm of protection. There is a God-word side of divine protection, and there is a man-word side of divine protection. Psalm 91 verses 1 to 2: He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I. Will trust. We must do our part. We must stay in faith. We must believe that He is our fortress and protector. And not only that, we must do our part by saying, "Lord, You are my refuge. You are my God and my fortress. I trust in You." Whenever I get on the airplane to fly for the mission trip, I say, "God." Protect me in this trip. I'm not g o i n g to get any infection, any car accident, any plane accident, plane crash. I will come back home safely. I declare on the airplane every time when I begin to perform surgery on my patient. I say, God, you protect me. No complication. You will guide me, and everything will go well, and my patient going to be happy. I say it every time I perform surgery. Does it matter whether we personally say words of faith, words of protection, and words of victory? Is it important? Does it matter whether we personally say that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior or not? Will we be saved if we confess it and believe in our heart? Is it important to confess that God is our protector if we want His protection? How many of you have made up your mind from today on, tomorrow and next year, that you will open your mouth and say, 
The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my protector. I am trusting in Him to protect me. And when something come to threaten you and me, or trying to destroy you and me, don't sit there, get scared, and think, "Oh Lord, what I'm going to do? I don't know what to do. I'm gonna die now." No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't talk like that. Don't. Open the door for fear to come into your life. It is the time, even one second, for you to open your mouth and say, "Lord, you are my protector. You will take care of me." Period. When you get a bad report or a bad news, don't be fearful, saying, "I don't know what I'm going to do." You confess right away. The Lord will take care of me. He will always protect me. He heals me. He will take care of my business. He will take care of my finances and my family. God is my fortress. He is my refuge. He is my deliverer. He is my provider. He is my way maker. He is my blessing. I trust in Him. You must speak it in faith out loud. Everyone say, "Speak it." That is our part. Psalm ninety-one, verse three. Surely he would shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, and from the perilous pestilence. Another version say, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. In last year, when I read this scripture, I did not understand well about deadly disease, but lately with the corona virus or COVID nineteen, I understand now that why God need to protect us from. Deadly disease. We need to do our part, and God will do His part. He will deliver us from the trap of the devil. We will not get into an accident, the setup of the enemy. We speak that God will deliver me from the trap of the devil. What does it mean when God say, "God protect us from the trap of the enemy"? It means that you don't have to face an accident, which is a setup. The devil set up a trap to destroy you and me, and we can go around and keep saying, "God, you are my protector. You keep me. You keep my baby. You keep my kids. You keep my family. You protect me all the time." The devil can give you a trap to trap you to lose all of your money in the bank account, sending bad guy to you, and try to ask you to invest with him, and your money is gone. You need to say, "God, protect my finances, protect my body, protect my family." It doesn't matter how terrible or deadly a disease is; God can protect us from it. A snake with deadly poison bit the apostle Paul on an island, and when it bit anybody, the skin would swell up, and that person would die. The people were watching Paul and thinking that he would die. The snake produced deadly toxin. It went into Paul's bloodstream. Did Paul swell, fall over, and die? No, he shook the snake off, and he continued to serve the Lord. The people were very impressed. The people in the island they had to move into believe in God because they saw the miracle of God. Wow! Paul had a revival on the island. Can God do the same thing for you and me? 
What if we breathe something toxic into our lungs? What if we ate something toxic? Is this viper's bite deadly? All the people on the island knew that it was very toxic. Its toxic, deadly venom flowed into Paul's bloodstream. Why didn't he die? Can God neutralize the toxin in your body? That toxin can kill your body, but God can neutralize or get rid of it, and you don't die. Mark chapter sixteen, seventeen to eighteen, the Bible say, and these signs will follow those who believe. Are you the believer? I believe you are a believer. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hand on the sick, and they will recover. When you believe the scriptures, you will be excited. Wow, God, you can protect me from toxic air, from toxic food. You can keep me and neutralize all the toxin in my body. You will not say this way if you believe divine protection. Oh, you never know what is going to happen. You will never know what God is going to do. These statements are related to unbelief. Let us believe what He say. Even if a cloud of toxic dust is setting on our house, and people are falling right and left and dying around us. We will speak by faith, though a thousand fall at my side, though ten thousand are dying around me. These evils will not touch me. In Psalm chapter ninety-one, verses six to seven, we can say that that these evil things will not touch us. Do you believe in this scripture? Do you act on it? Do you gonna do your part? The psalmist was confessing this. Should we confess it by faith too? That one thousand people die on this side, ten thousand die on the other side, but evil things cannot touch my dwelling and my life. Can we talk like a psalmist? I let you know that God did not give these scriptures to to us so that we will just have the good impression on the word of God. The Lord gave this scripture not to just make us feel good. The scriptures were given to us so that He can put faith in our heart and show us how we should think, how we should believe, and what we should talk, and what we can expect. If it was not for us, it would not have been in the Bible. Psalm 91 was recorded for our benefit. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed to belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. The Bible says that the secret things belong to the Lord. We may not know. He has secret things. But those things, including Psalm 91, that have been revealed belong to us. Psalm 91 belong to us, and not only us, and to our children forever. The promise in Psalm 91 belong to you and me. 
Let us say together out loud, Psalm 91, and divine protection that it speak of, belong to me, and belong to my children. Look at verse four. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Can God put a canopy of protection or power around us? Yes. In the midst of a terrible situation, we can be protected by the power of God. We don't yield to fear. We are walking by faith. It's so important that we will not yield to fear. If we need God's protection, if we want God to do His part, we need to give God's legal right to do His part by confessing the word of faith and by not to yield to fear. In verse 5, the Bible says, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. When you are afraid that you will die in a situation and not make it through it, it means that you don't believe that God can protect you and keep you. Does it make a big difference in giving God the right to protect you? Yes, God has the ability and power to protect you, to protect all of us. Why does it not happen to everybody? Does God have the ability to keep and protect everybody? Yes. Does He have the ability and power to heal everybody? Yes. Why didn't He do it for somebody? Millions of Christians say, we don't really know. God picked somebody to be healed. God did something for somebody. We didn't understand why. He did not heal some people. It's the will of God that way that some people don't get healed and don't get protected. Those people who say this kind of sentence completely avoid dealing with the issues of their own responsibilities. They give all the responsibility to God. God, you make your own choice. I'm not going to do anything. They think that what God can do has nothing to do with what they do and what they don't do. I hear people say like this all the time. People say, Jesus loved me so much. And then stop. Jesus loved me so much. And never say anything more. But the problem and the question is, do you love Jesus? Do you do your part to love Jesus? Do you obey Him? Do you really walk into His covering? Or you do your own things and rebellious against God? Yes, Jesus loves you, but you have to do your part. That is to have faith. Speak the word of faith. Don't walk in fear and obey Him and stay in His canopy, in His covering. If you are afraid that you are going to hell after you die, you have a big problem. Because it means you don't have faith in God and in His salvation. I'm not afraid of death because I know after I die, I will go to heaven. You may say, I don't really know. I have tried to live a good life. I hope I am safe. I hope I don't go to heaven. But I'm scared. What if I die and go to hell? This kind of comment is a big problem because the person who said this is safe, is not safe yet. Because he did not 
have faith. What is faith? Faith means you have confidence in what you have not seen and have not felt. You are counting on what Jesus did for you to be saved. When you are counting on what Jesus did for you and His promises, and resting in it, you are not scared to go to hell anymore. You know, and you know, and you know, you're gonna go to heaven after you die. This is make a big difference whether you are in fear about your salvation or you are in faith. It makes a big difference in other areas of life as well. Does it make a big difference whether you are in fear about divine protection or you are in faith about it? How many times in the Bible we are told not to fear? Over and over and over again, the Bible say you shall not be afraid. The Bible say don't let your heart be troubled. Psalm ninety-one five to six say you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow. That flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lay waste at noonday. Not to walk in fear is one of the biggest challenges when you are in a scary situation or in this perilous world. The first thing that will happen is that fear will try to grip you and overtake you. Yielding to fear will make You and me broken. When you yield to fear, you start being shaken. Fear is a form of believing. Fear makes you believe that you are not going to make it and that you're gonna die. You must resist it. I don't care if your knees are bumping each other or your hairs are sticking up on the back of your neck. You must stand up and say, "God is my protector." He will protect me and keep me. I am not afraid. It makes all the difference when we confess by faith that God is our protector. The Bible says, "The just shall live by faith, not by fear." We should walk by faith, and our faith will give us victory. We can overcome the problems in this world by our faith. Romans chapter one verse seventeen say, "For in the gospel." A righteous from God is revealed. A righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Second Corinthians chapter five verse seven: For we walk by faith, not by sight, not by fear. First John five four: For whatever is born of God. Is victorious over the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world. The world means the problems in this world, bad people in the world, evil things in this world, virus, bacteria, accident, even our faith. Do you want to have victory? Do you need protection? You need to walk by faith. What pleases God? Our faith. That is why we are not. A fear-filled church. We are a faith-filled church. We don't want to live a fearful life, and we will live a faith-filled life. Psalm ninety-one verse seven: A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, 
but it shall not come near you. Why would destruction not come near you and me? You are not afraid of the terror by night. You are not afraid of bad things that happen by night. You are not afraid of the arrow that flies by day. You are not afraid of the pestilence that walks in darkness. You are not afraid of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. It is a glorious possibility that we see a problem around us, and we are not afraid, and they don't come near us. The devil will try to tell us, "Oh, don't kid yourself. You shall be scared and afraid. You're gonna die. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to listen to the devil." You can completely be delivered from the fear of death. You are not really ready to live until you are ready to die. Hebrews chapter two, fourteen to fifteen, say that Jesus Christ is the one who can set us free from bondage that come from the fear of death. Inasmuch as then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he means Jesus himself likewise share in the same. That through death, through the death of Jesus Christ, He might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who, through fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The fear of death causes you to be in bondage. You can be free from any bondage by. Allowing the power of Jesus Christ to come in and take away the fear of death, we have confidence. After we leave this world, we're going to be in heaven. Why do we need to be afraid of death? We're going to be in the better place. Why would people become so afraid? Because the devil speak to them. You might catch this virus and you will die. You may be involved in a car wreck and die. You may be in a plane crash and die. If you go over there, they might shoot you, and you die. And when you know, and you know that your name is in the book of life of the Lamb, and you are not afraid of death anymore because you're going to be in heaven. Your cats are going to die, your dogs are going to die, and you need to overcome the fear of death. You are not ready to live until you are ready to die. As long as you are afraid to die, the devil will grip you and mess your life up, mess your children up. You will live a crippled life. You will live a restricted and distorted life. You will be in bondage because you are always afraid that something bad is going to happen and kill you. You think, what if something happened? What if something happened? Oh, dear Lord, what if I die? My dear brothers and sisters, don't be afraid of death. Living as a coward is far worse than dying in faith. There are many worse things than dying for believers. Believe me, for believers, what happens when we die as a believer? You step out of your body, look at it, and think, "Ah, that is over." I feel so good. I don't need to go to work at 6 a.m. Lose sleep, get yelled by my boss anymore. I feel so good. You don't turn into an angel. That would be a demotion. You would see your angels. He will ask you, "Are you ready 
You say for what? You get to go to see your mansion in heaven. You save loved ones. I'm going to see my mom up there, and friends and my sister too. You will meet your Lord. Is there anything to be afraid of? No, there's nothing to be afraid of in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, we can have no fear. It is such a freedom. We know what's going to happen to us when we die. Do other people who are not born again know what will happen to them? They don't know. They are not sure. Therefore, we are not afraid of death. When you are truly not afraid to die, you will not be afraid of all kinds of things that cause you to die. You are not afraid of anything. I don't mean that you need to be foolish and ignorant. You don't need to be afraid of anything, but you need to be wise and listen to God. When I say you don't need to be afraid of death, I don't mean that you should not put a seat belt on. I don't mean that I should not put the mask on when I perform surgery, so that my patient will not get infected or be fine. I don't care how smart you are; you can do dumb stuff. So many people believe that they're so smart and they're better than other people. Some of the least experienced young driver believe that they're so good in driving; they think that they can drive 70 miles per hour on an interstate freeway with many cars around them, and they talk on the phone and do their hairs at the same time, and they read the book and write a note while they're driving. I don't think anybody is that good in driving 70 miles per hour, and at the same time talking on the phone. Don't take me wrong; we are not afraid, but we should be careful not to get ourselves into trouble. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Psalm 91 verses 8 to 10. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward or the punishment of the wicked, because you have made the Lord. Who is my refuge? Even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Verse nine is a repeat idea of verse two. That we believe in our heart and confess that God is our refuge, my fortress, our God, our protector, and my God. The psalmist say, "Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place." It means that God, I accept you. I welcome you to be my protector and my defense. And because I make God my refuge, no evil shall conquer me. No plague will come near my home. I shall be safe. Psalm 91 verses 11 to 12. For He shall give His angel charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. How many of you believe that the angels are real, and you have at least one angel assigned to you? They can lift up your body so that you will not crash on the ground. They can move your car. And move your house, move anything, if it is necessary to protect you. Do you believe and expect that they are able to do supernatural and powerful thing to protect you? 
God protects you in many ways. Number one, He put the canopy or the protecting power over you. Number two, He charges His angels to protect you and save you, and we need to cooperate with Him. After we know how He protects us, we know how to cooperate with Him, and we know more about what we need to do in order to fulfill His expectation. Amen. Now. I'm going to talk about another way God protects us, and I will continue next Sunday. Another way, one is to put canopy over us, the wing over us, the feather over us, the fortress over our life. We can run into the fortress and lock the door, and the enemy cannot do anything to us. But there is another way, besides angel and canopy. Proverbs 27 verse 12: A prudent man foresees evil. And hides himself. The simple pass on and are punished. Another version say, a prudent person, a wise person, foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffer the consequences. What is one of the Holy Spirit's ministry to us as believers? One of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is that. He will show us things to come. He is not limited by anything. The Holy Spirit knows the past, the present, and the future, and know every thought of people. He knows the plan of the enemy. He knows that somebody is going to come to you and cheat you. Somebody is going to come to you and take advantage of you. He knows everything. He is not limited by anything. He can show you things that are coming up against you. He can reveal to you the enemy's traps and snares that have been planned and engineered to destroy you and your family. I would like to encourage you to go back to listen to the series called "Spirit Let Living." There are about 23 or 24 sermons. Actually, I'm going to preach a little bit more on this series. The Holy Spirit can spare you. You have heard about. The terminology: refuge, fortress, tower. When the enemies come to attack God's people, they would run to the towers or to the fortresses and lock the door and hid in there. But in Proverbs chapter twenty-seven, verse twelve, the Bible talks about another way God protects you. We're going to learn in detail next Sunday. Both the prudent and the simple saw what was coming up. There is. Wise Christian, and there is foolish Christian. That that is coming against them, and that would have hurt them. One person heeded the voice of the Holy Spirit and avoided the danger. The other did not heed the voice of the Spirit, stubborn, override what the Holy Spirit say. He kept on going right into the danger and got hurt. Again, I would like to read Proverbs twenty-seven verse twelve one more time. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. In NIV, both of them are foreseeing something. One is a wise man or a wise woman, and the other one is a simple or a foolish man. They can see the same thing. But the spiritual man, the man who submit to the Holy Spirit, the wise man, the man who fear the Lord, is protected because he does something about what he sees. He run away. 
He avoided that bush with the snake in it. He did not run into it. He takes heed of what he sees and takes action on it. The other person, the foolish person, ignores it, overrides it, and goes right on and gets hurt. He suffers because of it. The English version say this way: Proverbs chapter twenty-seven. Sensible people will see trouble coming and avoid it. The unthinking person will walk right into it and regret it later. How does God protect us? He has canopy, the protective power. He also has the wing of protection over us. He can cover you and me with His power. He sent His angels to protect us and keep us, and the angels are so mighty and powerful. They are aside and charged to take care of us. But there is another big way that God uses to protect us. We call warnings. Warnings. He can call and talk to us and tell us, "Wake up! Something bad gonna happen on the street. Don't go there." This can be called foresight or foreseeing or premonition. Christian should pay attention to the warnings of the Lord. We should not ignore them. Can you think of a time when you receive a warning in your spirit, but you did not pay attention to it and you get into trouble? I have done many times in my life, and I feel sorry. I heard the Holy Spirit told me to do this, and I just ignore, and I got into trouble. And it costs you and me, and we can get hurt when we ignore the warnings of the Holy Spirit. How many times have you heard people saying this way? I knew that I should not have done that. I knew that I should not have gone there today. I knew. That I should not have tried that. I knew that I should not have invested in that investment, but I was in a hurry. I did it anyway, and now I pay the price. What do you mean when you say I should not have done that, and I knew about it? How could you have known that you should not? Why did you say that? You must have had some kinds of foresight. A warnings inside your spirit. Otherwise, you would not say that. If you did not have the foresight or the warning, you would be totally shocked and surprised when it happened. But you were not shocked. You say, "I knew I should not have done that way." God tried to warn you, and you pick up something in your spirit, but you ignore it. You have done it, and I have done it. I have ignored the warnings of the Lord many times in my life, and it will be very difficult to fight somebody in the world who has never ignored God's warning. We're all in the same boat, but if you keep on ignoring or overriding His warnings, you will be in trouble again and again. And how many times do you have to get hurt and get into trouble? How serious could it be next time? How much does it have to cost you before you start to do or say something? You should pay attention to the Lord's guidance and warning, because one time it may be 
your life. You may die if you don't listen to the Lord's warning. A minister had planned a vacation with his family for months ahead of time to be at a beach where a tsunami would hit. He was a spirit-filled believer. His children also got excited to go there. He changed his mind last minute, and his wife was not happy with him. She asked him why. He answered, "I don't know why. I just have a check in my spirit, a warning in my spirit. They were saved at home. Why that wave killed a lot of people on that beach that day? They would have been there on that day, but thank God for the Holy Spirit. Did they have to pay attention to the warning of the Lord? Could they have been overriding it? Could they have ignored it?" Very easily. Oh, I like to enjoy that beach. I'm gonna go no matter what God tell me. Many good Christians who serve God, or we can call many good minister, gave their life to the gospel. Why in the world would God allow them to be killed in a tsunami or in a danger at young age? People say this way. I don't really understand. He is a man of God. He loved God so much. He went there for the mission. Why did God kill him? Blame God. <laughs> At the age of forty, in that car wreck, you just never know. God's way are mysterious. I don't understand everything. God cares more about what is going on in heaven than what is going on down here. He must have a short of angels. His angel, maybe his angel, too busy. Therefore, he could not protect. That man, the man of God, who went on the mission trip, these comments are wrong. They try to explain things that they don't have a clue about. They don't know that they have something to do with God's protection. God is faithful. When things are messed up and don't go right, don't blame God at all. You should look at a mirror and look yourself. And ask yourself, did I listen to God? Did I obey God? Don't blame God. Why do bad things happen to good people? Is that the question? I don't think so. That should not be the question. You said, oh, why bad things happen to good people? Why God didn't protect them? The real question should be this way. The true question, because God is faithful. Why didn't they listen to him? Why did they override his warning? We did not listen to him, and our wrong action causes something, and we got into trouble. Don't blame God. But if we listen to God, we will make it true, and we are protected. Not listening to God can cost us our life. I remember one time, I pick up the phone from the emergency room at Overlake Hospital. And the emergency room doctor say, "I have a person here who become paralyzed. That this person has been there in the emergency room for a few hours, and that person become paralyzed. I want you to come and take care of this patient." I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, "Don't go. Give up this case. Don't get money out of this case. Don't get the bill on this case. The the fee of." Surgical treatment. Send this person to the university hospital. 
I did. I obeyed the Lord. I listened to the voice of God. And you know what happened? A year later, I got a letter from a lawyer that this person make a lawsuit against everybody at Overlake Hospital that involved in this case. But I'm just a witness. I don't get lawsuit. God protected me from a lawsuit. Let me read one last scripture, and I will continue next Sunday. Second Kings chapter six verses eight to ten. When the king of Syria was warring against Israel, after counseling with his servant, he said, "In such and such a place shall be my camp." So the king of Syria put his soldier in an area, set up the camp there. Then, the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, "Beware that you pass not such a place, for the Syrians are coming down there." Then the king of Israel sent to the place of which Elisha told and warned him, and thus he protected and saved himself there repeatedly. The story here is that the king of Israel was warned and saved himself. Who saved him? He saved himself. How? He listened to the warnings that came from the mouth of the prophet. Did God give him the warnings? Yes. What if he would not listen? If he would not listen to God's warning, was he responsible for his mistake? It should be that way. God was not responsible for his perishing because he did not listen to the warning. If he would ignore the warnings, he would not have been protected. Can we expect God to protect us if we ignore His warnings? It is not reasonable for God to protect us if we will not listen to His warnings. Listening to the warnings make the king save himself repeatedly. In this story, a wise man heeds the warning and foresees the danger. He will save himself. A foolish person just goes right on through the dangers. And gets into trouble. I hope that you are not foolish people. I hope that you are wise people. In conclusion, God wants to save us. God wants to protect us. God can protect us by putting canopy of power over us, sending His angel to be around us, and God can protect us by giving us the warnings through the Holy Spirit. From today on, please love to be prayed for, lay hand on. To get touched by the Holy Spirit, please be filled with the fire of God. Learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, so that you can hear the witness or the warnings of the Holy Spirit clearly in your spirit. And not only that, you heed the voice of the Spirit and do what He says. Don't be stubborn. Don't be foolish. God wants to protect you. I have a lot of story about myself. How God protects me through the warnings of the Spirit, again and again and again. In the past many years, I have grown more in the fellowship with the Spirit. I have more of the Spirit in me because I love the fire of God. I love revival, and I need to do my part. I believe God is my protector. I do my part. I confess with my mouth. I do my part. I shall not fear. For I do my part. I walk with the Spirit and yield 
to the warnings of the Holy Spirit. We're going to come back next time and learn more in detail through the scriptures how the Holy Spirit warned His people from generation to generation. It's fun. I love to study the Bible with you. If you're not a believer, I would like to invite you to become a child of the living God, who can provide for you, protect you, and who can help you in everything you do. Why don't you pray with me? Receive Jesus into your heart, Father in heaven. I admit, Lord, I am a sinner. I repent of my sin. I give my life to you, Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart. You are my Savior and my Lord. I confess right now that you are my God, my protector, my provider, my righteousness, my healer, my blessing. I give my life to you, Jesus. Please come into my life right now. In your name, I pray. Amen. Congratulations! May the Lord guide you. May the Lord help you by His grace to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. May the Lord give you more faith. May the Lord remind you every day to confess with your mouth the words of faith. May the Lord's presence, canopy, fire, and glory be on you everywhere. And the virus and bad people, curses, evil spirit cannot touch you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for listening to this teaching, and I will see you next Sunday. And we continue to study about the warnings of the Lord. God bless you, loves you, and the Lord bless you so much. Amen. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.
real story.